Welcome back to Becoming Next on Scene, everybody. It is your host, Jackie Zook. It is another awesome day for another awesome episode of How to Become Next on Scene in your field of business or in your passion. Before I bring on my amazing guest today, I always like to start with a marketing tip to get your week started and a self-care tip to keep your week going. Um, my marketing tip of the day feels very relevant. I feel like it's come up in conversations with numerous clients um, and just people I've come across lately, but there's so much value in showing up on so many platforms if not all social media platforms, at least coming up regularly on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, and even TikTok. Um, the reason for that is because if you are not showing up on those applications regularly, you're missing out on audience that could potentially, you know, bring you to the next level in your career or connect you to somebody personally. And I'm, I'm a living experience of that. And I just can't tell you how important it is to show up on all those platforms. And it does not need to be every day. Like it can be three days a week, you know, or even if it's, if it's a lot for you, start one day a week or two days a week, just get into a flow, you know, but um, I'm really all about simplifying and repurposing information and content. So one thing you put on one platform, put on multiple platforms. Who cares. If they unfollow you on one platform, they're following you somewhere else, right? So that's my marketing tip of the day. Repurpose and be on multiple social media platforms. My self-care tip of the day. I am exhausted um, with between lack of sleep with the newborn and I haven't worked out in a while. I mean, I'm only three months postpartum. Um, but the truth is, is finding that balance of self-care like this morning my husband and I like he like made me go for a walk with him this morning and I can't even remember the last time I did that so really really prioritizing some movement in your day-to-day -day routine even if it feels like oh my god this is another thing like it will turn your whole day around even if it's like a mini walk like around the block or something sometimes just being outside really changes your whole energy um, so I highly highly recommend doing that so now I am really excited to share my amazing guest with you today. Judy DeRubio, who is one amazing senior loan officer um, originator at um, Academy Mortgage. And we talk all about hybrid closings, the rates changing, low inventory, how she got into the industry, and so much more. So I can't wait for you to meet Judy and uh, stay tuned for the amazing Judy DeRubio. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene. Welcome back to Becoming Next On Scene, everybody. I am so excited to be here with the amazing Judy DeRubio, who is the Senior Loan Mortgage Officer at Academy Mortgage. Hi, Judy. How are you today? I'm great, Jackie. How are you doing? Good. So excited to have you here. You are such a rock star and been in this industry for a very long time. So for people who aren't familiar with Judy and what loan officers are, please share some more information for us. <laughs> okay. Well, I started out in a, with a banking career. Um, and got a little bored of running the day-to-day -day branch operations and really enjoyed lending in general. So I was doing car loans and book loans. And my mom was a real estate agent in Beverly. And she started talking about, you know, loan originators. And I became curious. And two of my friends actually left the retail banking industry to jump into it. And about two years later, I decided it was time for me to make a move. I was getting, you know, bored in that retail um, 
environment and wanted to do something different. And it's funny because I never thought of myself as a salesperson and now I'm selling mortgages and I didn't really know what a mortgage originator was, but, you know, I just go and try to get loans. But you have to start with clients and to start with clients, you have to have the referral source. And that's when my mom came into play. She was, she gave me my first referral. It's my cousin and I did her mortgage. That's and awesome. The interest rate was like 14 and three quarters. And the house was like $35,000. So it's all relative. But um, I, so I, I jumped in. So, I wanted to get so, so why loans versus being a real estate agent? Why did you pick that route? Finance. Huh. I love math. I love finance. I love the lending environment. So when I was doing, you know, boat loans and car loans, like, well, a mortgage is just a house loan. It's just a little bit bigger. And so that was the, um, what drove me into it. And my friends were, you know, being very successful in it. So I went to work with them in that company and stayed there for many years and still have friends from that company um, that are still in the business. So that's a nice story. Yeah, it's a great story. It's a good success story. I have another like general question because I'm even fascinated by this. So just like realtors are hosted under certain companies, like as a loan officer or like originator, how do you decide who you who you're going to work under? Well, you pick a company that kind of has the same ideology as you do. Um, Academy Mortgage is very uh, consumer oriented. It's it's out at Utah, and you know Utah is a really interesting place. I used to go skiing out there a lot, and they're very warm and kind people. And they do a lot of service work. So they go into countries and do a lot of rehab. And so it's a really, you can see behind me, our mission, our vision, our core strategies, things like that. It's backwards on the sign, but they have a mission. And it's all we do is mortgages. So it's a one-stop shop. So I didn't want to work for a bank, so to say, that had all those aspects of banking. I just wanted to do mortgages. So I work for a freestanding mortgage company. I love that. So if I'm a consumer, like coming to you for the first time, like what does that process look like? Well, you know, we have a conversation because a lot of times people are very nervous and and they don't know what they don't know. And in my previous life to banking, I was a teacher of French and Spanish. So that helps me help a first time home buyer take the process from A to Z because I'm methodical and I do things in order. And I got used to handling 150, you know, different personalities a day. So I adapt quite well to the personality on the other end of the phone. These days we don't meet in person. It's all done through automation. So, you know, you you have to be really good on the phone. That smile has got to come through. Right. It's so and when you love what you do, you know, the old adage, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. And I mean, I was going to give this a one year shot, see what I, how I felt. And here I am 37 years later. That's amazing. That's a, I don't know anyone that's done it any longer than me. Let's put it that way. That's amazing. What an accomplishment, Judy. That's so awesome. Well, but seriously, though, for somebody, especially because I feel like I have such a demographic of listeners that are potential home buyers, like what is the process with you? So they come to you, they, you have a phone conversation and what kind of phone conversation? We talk about any issues that they might have or concerns. You know, what are your concerns? What are your issues? What do you think are your issues? Um, sometimes it's job changes. Sometimes it's gap of employment. Sometimes it's credit. 
Um, and we have ways to solve all these problems or issues. Um, no, nothing's not able to be fixed. It just takes time. Unfortunately, you know, instant gratification. But sometimes it does take six months to nine months to fix that credit score, to fill right. that job gap, to, you know, just to get everything straightened out. If you're self-employed, we need to your tax return. So we went from total documentation to no documentation all the way back to total documentation. So we, right now, you know, it's, if you're self-employed, it's a challenge, but we get it done right. because I know how to get it done. Right. And of course, too, like, just because I'm thinking of your content stuff, but like, how do you improve your credit score? Like, what are some things that people should consider before they even come to you? Well, actually, they should come to me first. Tell me. There you go. That's great. Thank you. Keep sharing. <laughs> come to me first. Don't talk to your mom or your dad or your aunt or your uncle or your friend. You, you, call, you talk to the expert. And wow. I think after 37 years, I can say, I learn every day but I can guide you too, because I do have the experience and you can fix credit scores. Um, the credit agencies have um, these little uh, pop-ups that call, it's called credit expert. And we can throw in scenarios and it will tell you what you need to do, what you can do to raise your score. And it's very efficient. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you can't do anything and that's tough but sometimes you can't. So you don't want to pay off all your bills. You don't want to get new credit cards. You know, you want to talk to the loan officer first. And sometimes it will involve, you know, running your credit. So we have an application, a mobile app that you can download. It's very simple and it's just a worksheet. So after you put in the basic information, I am alerted. I go in, I download it and I review it. And I fix typos and I write, see questions that I need, you know, to ask them. When you do that, you automatically give me permission to pull your credit, but I do not do that because when you're doing these things, you're not really reading to what you're authorizing. Mm -hmm. So I won't pull that credit till we have a conversation. And to go one step further, I always email them for permission to pull that credit because that's a very serious violation. Although I already have clearage because they've when they do the online app, they give me permission. It's not enough. I want to make sure they understand. So we have a conversation and sometimes I need to pull their credit to help them improve their credit. Hmm. I love the thought process too of like documenting everything. That's totally like your industry, like of tracking that. It's so smart. Like people don't think about that. So thank you for bringing that up because that also allows people to trust you in the process, right? And protect exactly. yourself. Exactly. So, really smart. So let's talk about things that are trending right now. So obviously hybrid closing there, hybrid closing, yes. right? Yeah, we started doing those. Um, we started doing the hybrid close about two weeks ago. Um, did do you think the need to be in line? Um, fine. You know, the consumer's thrilled to be able to get these documents ahead of time. And I mean, they're, they're the boilerplate documents, but they've already, and then they'll see their final numbers. I've already reviewed the final numbers. They re the lawyers already reviewed the final numbers by closing departments. So this, when you get to that level, there's very few redos at that point. Huh. Um, and yeah, my clients love it. It saves time at the closing. So, you know, an hour closing, you know, typically for purchase is probably cut down to about 30 minutes. Wow. Talk about cutting it half, right? Like that's I know, I know. And um, we're coming out. Canby Mortgage is coming out with, and I'm really excited about this. 
It's called the TBD. And it's a TBD to be determined pre-approval. So it's an actual pre-approval. So what I do is sometimes it's not as clear. It's always about income because we can put in, the, the regulations don't require you to be on the job for X amount of time. You could not be working for seven years and be on the job for six months and get a mortgage, especially if you're a salaried person. So I don't trust, you don't trust that to the end though, because I get nervous. Like, well, what if the underwriter, you know, has a beaner bonnet or, or he's got stickler about something. But when you pop the information in and Fannie Mae says, or Freddie Mac says, you're approved. It's about the integrity of the information that I put in. So I, I can't always exactly interpret that information. So we have um, static, we have training on it next week. And I'm really excited that the loan originator, me, I'll actually um, get the file ready. Um, and I don't need to put it, I can put in W-2s and a pay stub. Um, I probably don't have to put in bank statements because I can analyze those. And I send it to underwriting and it'll get a formal approval subject to a TBD. Amazing. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Years ago, we used to do that anyway. Um, You know, I'd send the information to the underwriter to review. But the process for an underwriter is so labor intensive. The, The amount of paperwork that we have that process through our desk. I mean, we don't touch paper anymore. We don't have physical paper. We have it all on the computer. So it gets scanned securely, it gets shredded. Um, we don't like paper because paper leads to privacy issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it, so we're looking at computer screens for eight, nine hours a day going through. It's a lot. And, and I, I grow with the information. So as the information comes in, I call it growing. You know, when you come in for a pre-approval, we go through the process. I get to know you more than I probably want to, quite honestly, because it's so invasive. Um, and you're like, some of the times the questions you ask are hard. I have questions like, hmm. And I can see everything they do. So I can see. And I said to a friend of mine, I'm like, you know, you don't have money for a down payment, but can I just bring something to your attention? You went to Starbucks about 40 times last month and spent like a real lot of money. People don't realize that, right? Like, cause they're like, this is just part of my routine. And then that's like so much money they could use towards something else. Right. I'm guilty of that. I'm totally guilty of that. You know, like, you know, one of my friends clients, he's a friend. And I'm like, you spent like $400 at Dunkin' Donuts last month. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, he had a really good excuse. He's like, well, he worked for National Grid and he just drives around. That's all he does. He leaves his house at, let's say, eight in the morning and he drives around the North Shore for eight hours. So he gets bored. So he goes to the police stations and the fire stations and he brings them coffee and hangs out with them. That's so nice. I'm like, okay, forgiven. Right. Is that a great story? That's a great story. I feel like you don't hear that very often. For me, I'm buying the copy for myself. It's like <laughs> $10 a day. It's fine. Yeah, well, this was like 40 to 50 to $60 a day. And a that's what... Day? Oh, a day? God, that's insane. It was crazy. But it was a, you know, it was an interesting concept. But yeah, so we can see all that. So my thing is like, you know, I see that you go out to lunch every day. Have you considered... Because you know, it asking me and I'm like well 
All right, Jim, piece of paper and pencil. Let's talk about some of your spending habits. I can see them. And sometimes I can't. And I'm like, you know, you're in a high wage bracket, but I don't see a lot of savings. And what I don't see is that I take care of my parents. I have extraordinary childcare costs. Those are the things you don't see. Mm -hmm. So we talk about that. And, you know, most times I have to tell you, my industry, my business is very successful. So we get gratitude and success every day. Mm -hmm. It's, it's very rewarding to help an individual, you know, make the largest investment of their lifetime. Right. It is. You think about it. It's so true. Do you have, so the clients that come back, like what is that? Do they mostly, are they relocating? Like tell the different ways that you work with people. It's not just first time home buyers. No, but. What it, what it is, is a lot of them are first and second time home buyers. But so the first time home buyers are upgrading to a bigger home. Mm-hmm. So I get this. So I'm keeping in contact with these people in a multitude of ways. Um, social media. And, and I send it like football calendars, the Patriots and the Red Sox. And I, that way, um, everybody loves those calendars. And they'll, they'll call me and they'll keep in touch with me and reach out and, you know, they will refer me. Um, and then as they age, I get their kids. So, awesome. so one of my realtor friends is like, I want that million dollar buyer. I want that million dollar house. I said, no, you don't. I said, you're going to make more money with that first time home buyer who's going to live there for five years, get wow. married, have kids, move up. And they're going to stay there and going to move. And then they're going to downsize. And then they're going to sell. And then they're going to, and she, she's like, wow, you're right. And you need to know your market. Mm-hmm. And her market is first-time homebuyers. Huh. That's it's just a good analogy. Such a good analogy. That's such a good point. I feel like people don't talk about enough. Like, that's really, like, that's also a relationship over time, I feel like, you know, that people don't think about. Because that, that could be a one-time buyer that never comes back to you. But you're creating this relationship that, like, lasts a lifetime, really. Try. We try. I mean, you lose them. You can't, you can't be like the, the, everybody. The vision, the vision of it. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Well, for the ones that actually do stick it out, I think it's really awesome. I love yeah. it. All right. So another thing too is getting documents 10 days ahead of closing. Can you talk more about that too? So we like to start our closing process as soon as we can. So we really push to get just uh, documents in our conditions and prior to, and we're really good at it. Uh, we have a really good team. We have, have a great closing team here um and everybody steps up for everybody it's it's really amazing and i've been with academy for six years and i'm working with the same people that i started with six years ago and that's a lot to be said about a company um they you know and they're so kind it's like like my boss says sometimes you just want to get so mad at them but they're so nice you can't i'm like i know (laughs) and it's true and you know what that's contagious that willingness to help and and that's what they want to do they want to take everything off our plate as an originator and just let us go out and sell and do what we do best love that so good and then obviously rates are going faster than you guys can tell us right yeah rates are you know they kind of stabilized a little bit now um what's going on in the in the world right now is definitely impacting us a little bit more there's always something to impact us um, one way or another, you know, it could be a, a weather crisis. It could be, a, you know, a, a political crisis. Um, things like that will always impact people. You know, they flight, you know, so they 
supply out of the stock market into the bond market. Typically, when that happens, our rates improve. But we're in an interesting curve right now where it's inflation and we haven't had to worry about that for a long time. Um, and that is, you know, so a lot of, a lot of loan offices are probably going to get weeded out. Um, they have jumped on the bandwagon the last 10 years because they haven't been paying attention to the background, you know, what's going on behind the business. And that's keeping in touch with your agents, keeping in touch with your referral sources and creating new referral sources. I mean, creating new referral sources is huge. Right. Because that's, yeah. well, that's really one of the only ways to really grow substantially, right? Like, exactly. I mean, I've seen it, I feel like. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, you have, to, so I've always taken it like five, five areas to get business from, you know, your real estate agents, your lawyers, your financial people, your family and friends and your past clients. I mean, I'm, I mean, there's other ways now social media is an added way. Um, so yeah, but every- I feel like social media with that is like your family and friends and connections that have access to you, but forget about you now see exactly. you and they're like, oh my God, I forgot Judy does this, right? Exactly. Like, so it reopens the door, I feel like. Exactly. And any groups you might be a part of, like I'm a long distance cyclist and I'm part of a couple of cycling groups. And one of my cycling friends called me exasperated a few months ago. He's like, I've been trying to get a refinance done. And this was in October since June. And I'm like, well, what's the matter? And he's like, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you know, he's like, and then I remembered, you know, he's still doing mortgages. I said, I am. So I took it right off his plate and, and got it done for him and got him a better rate. So he was, you know, happy, happy. So those groups that, you know, and I always wanted to do a networking night, like at my health club where I work out or with my cycling groups and do a network night just to find out what everybody does. Because when you're riding in a group or you're working out at a club in a, in a group X class or a you know small class, you don't really find out what people do. So true. And you're just there to get the job, like to work out and not think about exactly. work. It's so exactly. release, right? Really. At that point, but what a great, you know, opportunity, you know, to have a, you know, networking night, so to speak, you know, even after a cycle ride or after a group X class, you know, uh, just, you know, what do you do? What do you do? You got to, you got to get the ball rolling over there. You should do it. I know. (laughs) That's the ball is in your court, I think, to make that happen. Maybe. I love that. We'll leave it on the agenda for next year. Yeah. Or maybe somebody that listens will help you push that together. Well, there you go. You never know. Okay, I'm asking you too. Trending is low inventory and makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's low inventory, but I've been really successful with my first time home buyers. Some have 5% down, some have 20, um, getting them in. And part of that is, is because everybody knows me in the North Shore and, you know, we may not have the best offer. And I've heard it before, Judy, what yours wasn't the best offer, but I knew they would close on time with you. And I told the seller that. And I just, I just heard it last week and I didn't even know this real estate agent. And she said, and she said, you you weren't the best offer. And I'm like, I know, but I got the best people. I said, these guys have been looking for a while and they're all ready and set to go and our offer got accepted. So we were pretty excited. 
so funny how like that happens, right? It's like, it does. It's trust it the does. process. It's all about trusting, I feel like, right? Exactly. Exactly. And patience, patience. That's another thing. Oh, I like in your world, like definitely patience, right? Yeah. I like yeah. it's the gratification. So for me, like it drives me nuts. But you know, <laughs> I have the patience. I must say it. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm pretty patient. I think that's first. part of like what you sign up for, though, in your career. You have to have that, right? You have to have patience, and you have to love paperwork, right? That too. Although we don't have it the way we you did, do. we still have to go through it, and it's just virtual paperwork right it's constant reading you know it's constant reading hmm. i remember the real estate agents when i was working inside a um a, a real estate company for a number of years and they're like what do you do all day and i'm like i'll show you what i do all day so i put up my an application and input an application and then ran the underwriting findings and i went through and they're like oh, I, don't to, I don't ever want to do what you do <laughs> You know, this is what I do all day. I just read and I peruse and, you know, there's so much you can miss. There's so much, you know, it's, it's amazing that it's amazing. We, we always in the back room say every, every closing is a miracle. Right. I believe that it's, there's so much. I find that your world is just so fascinating to me, like, cause, especially because I think the amount of paperwork, like I've seen closing paperwork, it is like stacks and stacks of papers. Like, oh, my God, like you guys deserve trophies on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. I love that. OK, so um, let's talk about some fun facts about Judy. But before we do that. Um, I always like to close out and say, like, obviously earlier you talked about like every day there's a reward, you know, like just like e when you close or whatever. But what was a moment for you? We call it next Santi moments that you knew you were in the right industry. Well, I think, you know, when I I knew that I when I was teaching, I was a teacher, French and Spanish and I wasn't teaching high school and I just didn't feel that I was adding to the kids you know, world. I mean. I love teaching and I love languages, but I just didn't feel like I was doing enough. And I had a business um, minor, so, and I was a part-time bank teller. So I segued into banking that way. And then I just realized how much I love lending. And, and with my mom being a real estate agent, I'm like, you know, this could be the perfect fit. I get to, you know, go sell things that I'd never thought I was a salesperson, but I guess I am. I get to go on the road and meet people. And I get to help people um, and just take the, you know, the, the mysticism out, you know, let's take the mystery out of mortgages. That's what I used to say. Let's take the mystery out of this. And, you know, if I don't know the answer, I'll find it out. And I'm, you know, I, I'm not afraid to say I made a mistake or I missed something. I mean, I'm human too. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, you know, just a lot of fun. I mean, the first year was hard because we're all commission. Totally. We have no salary. It's, and it's been that way for all the years because it's like being a real estate agent, although we are employees, so we do get benefits, which is great. So we get our 401k and health insurance and things like that. So that that's a reward there, too. Um, but, you know, you can't get every deal. You can't have the best rate. You can't be everything to everybody. And somebody said, you know, there's always enough business for everybody. So I, I, I love that motto. Love that you said that. I think it's so true. Like 
you're you're gonna vibe and hire who you vibe and hire you know like there's plenty of business somebody that's gonna hire somebody else was not meant to hire you right yeah i love that thank you for closing out with that all right let's talk about fun facts about judy so your family is the oldest or right it is the oldest well we don't exactly know but they haven't because the records don't go back that far but i have their um bruins ticket card that said you know season ticket holders 1974 to 1975 and we've held them ever since so cool so do you have any perks for that being an oldest season ticket holder well as a season ticket holder you do get a few perks um but not not too much i mean it's 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 Actually, I mean, I, I go to a couple of games a year because my parents went to every single game and there's 41 home games and two exhibition games. And my mom and dad went to every single game. You're serious. I am serious. And it's so funny because the joke was, I don't know if you remember the expression, I used to be on TV. I'm going to date myself now. It's 11 o'clock. Do you know where your kids are? My husband and I would say, it's midnight. Do you know where your parents are? Yeah, they that's so never cute. be home because they'd be at the game. They take that's the train. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. yeah. What a nice story. That's so cool. I love that. Okay. And also, I love this one, that you're a long-distance cyclist. And you also do fundraisers every year. Can you talk about that, too? I do. I do. So this will be my 19th year doing the Pan Mass Challenge, the PMC. And I've raised over, in my 19 years, over $124,000, which is a milestone. You get recognition in 100000 don't know. Can you say what that stands for, the PMS and PMC? PMC stands for Pan Mass Challenge. And we're the largest, I'll use the word bikeathon for the lack of a better word, um, the largest uh, bikeathon. He doesn't say it, but I'll say it in the world. Um, we've raised so much money. I mean, it's like 600 50 million dollars um and billy star is the founder and it's always the second week in august so lots of times it's on my birthday so i get to so- celebrate my birthday with friends there's over what 6500 riders um we did haven't done it for two years because of covid and, but it's coming back this year so it's two days and where do you cycle? Out. Where is where does it take place? Where do you go? Um, there's two different. Well, there's a bunch of different stars, but the two big stars are Sturbridge, and it, so you go from Sturbridge to um, Mass Maritime. We stay in the dorms, and then Mass Maritime to P Town, or we have done the shorter route. So it's we leave out of Babson College uh, Saturday morning. It's about thirty miles less than starting in Sturbridge, and so we do Babson. To Mass Maritime to P Town, and it only takes two days. Yeah, yeah, it's about eighty. <laughs> I know it's yeah, it's oh, it's only eighty-five miles a day for the two-day shorter ride, and it's one hundred and sixty-seven, I think, for the um, too long, the too long. Unbelievable! Day. That is so impressive. Yeah, and, and you know, we tell it's not a race; it's a ride. We leave really early. We we leave like at six thirty in the morning, and we typically. This stops all along the way. And part of the whole thing is to stop, enjoy the people, the volunteers, the kids, the survivors, the teams. So it's not a race. It doesn't matter what time you get back. I think you have to be back in, um, at the dorm. You know, I think the last rider in sometimes is 8 o'clock at night because they'll, they'll do a sweep. So they don't want anybody out there longer. than That's a long day. Um, it's over 12 hours, 13 hours um, on a bike. But my longest ride is 150 miles in a day. 
from the uh, Harpoon Brewery in Boston to the Harpoon Brewery in Winds of a Moment. Oh my God, how cool was that? Yeah, it was pretty fun. I did it three times. It's a big challenge. It's a big challenge to train for it. They've changed it now, so it's not what it used to be, but it's it's still a very, um, it's not for the weak of heart. We so started like at 30 in the morning. the training for that? The training, a lot. Um, I'm actually like, oh my God, must be. Yeah. And, and that ride is early. It's in, um, that ride was in June. So we would do, um, start training. I hire a coach, cycling coach and do rigorous training, um, January, February, and March and try to be on the bike by April. But the weather in April isn't really, you can't depend right. on the net. Right. right. So you're really, you know, going great guns in end of April through May and you're doing a couple hundred mile rides, you have to do back to backs. You got to do 200 mile rides. And, um, you know, we did it and we finished three times and said, okay, we weren't a flash in the pan, but we're not doing this anymore. (laughs) Understandably, the fact that you even did it more than once is impressive. Even one time I'm like, oh my God, that is so awesome. Yeah. You wear that shirt, that cycling shirt with pride. Yeah. Uh, understandably. (laughs) <laughs> okay this is okay two more really fun facts and then we'll play a quick game time so i love your accurate story about how you have remodeled it over time so talk to us about that <laughs> well so i bought that car in 1993 and they stopped making it in the 95 or 6 i think and i just absolutely love it and i just love it as like a slipper and i get in it and i'm so happy and calm and but I rebuilt the whole thing about 15 years ago, the rebuilt engine, redid the exterior. So now it's starting to show some age and I can't get parts for it, which is the main thing now. And a couple of, this is a funny story because a couple of weeks ago, it was in November actually, I'm like, oh, this is not going to pass inspection. Something's wrong. I said, That's, something's wrong with steering. I said, that front left tie rods, something wrong with the left front tie rod. My husband's looking at me like, I don't even know what a tie rod is. I'm like, I don't know. Because <laughs> I rebuilt the car. I know everything about it. So I called my guy over in Salem. like, Lou, I said, I think I got a tie rod issue and this, that, and the other. He's like, I said, I couldn't get an inspection. So I'm going to tow it over. He's like, okay, we'll get it ready for you, Judy. So he calls me a few days later. Now I couldn't get it. It wouldn't pass the inspection. This is November. Now it's January. And so I haul it over there. And he calls me two days later. He's like, okay. You're all set. I get it up. I get it running and I get your sticker. And I'm like, my husband's going to kill you. <laughs> That's awesome. So it's still going strong. That's a great story. Okay, it's like to say 287,000 miles on it or something. Amazing. But I can't get pads for it. So that's. I mean, that's par for the core over time, you know, but the fact exactly. that it's good and lasted this long, that is. I know. Awesome. All right. And this, of course, we have to talk about your avid cooking and your gardening. I love that about you. So you only eat what you can, what, what. I only grow. I only grow what I can consume, can, or freeze. I love that. Because, uh, I mean, and I'll give it away, but, um, I mean, sometimes I'll play like something like a kohlrabi, you know, you you can't store kohlrabi. You got to eat it. But the problem is, is you get a pack of seeds. And they're tiny. When you put them in a row, you get a hundred kohlrabi. What do you do with a hundred kohlrabi? You can't. So, you know, maybe I'll put in a little, you know, spot of it, um, things like that. But 
So I experiment every year with a couple of different things. And That's really fun. I put in this stuff. Called, it wasn't broccolini. It was, it was called broccolini. And it kept growing and growing. And I was harvesting it and harvesting it. And it was getting like five feet, six feet tall. It was falling over in the garden. And I'm like, I, I got to get rid of this stuff. And I was looking out my window and I'm like, there's a pile of dirt in the middle of the garden. And we're looking and like, so we went over in a um, gopher. I was like, a gopher. Went in there and ate it? Dug it. And then he ate the entire plant. You're serious. And I had like six of them. And um, I'm like, son of a gun. They, they ate it all. Luckily, that's what they ate because they will eat everything. I mean, right. It, it, one, one year I put in broccoli, cauliflower, and Brussels sprouts. And I put in 20, like 50 plants. And they were gone the next day. Oh, gone. So my husband felt so bad. So he goes out and he buys 24 more of oh. each kind. And he plants them. So he calls me and I'm at work. He's like, like, just well, you know, I just replanted the cauliflower, the Brussels sprouts and the broccoli. I said, did you cover them? He's like, no, I'm just going to have lunch. He's, I said, Jake, are you kidding me? They're going to eat them. He's like, oh, did they? Did they? He went out 20 minutes later. All oh, of them. I said, they were sitting in the blackberries going like this. Hey, guys, lunch. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't make more like lunch and dinner, right? Like, all like I'm like, how does that happen? How does that happen? So now we plant and we cover. Cover clearly, lesson learned. Hey, yeah. everybody's got to learn somewhere, right? Exactly. So. All right, three fast questions for game time. So first of all, actually, before we close out, how can people follow you on social media? Get in touch, all the things. Um, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, all of Judy to review, all things that are. Under Judy DeRubio. Yep. No fancy names. You know, just Judy D. Love it. Love it. Okay. So let's play a quick game time. So what is Judy's favorite meal? Favorite meal? Lamb. Ooh, lamb. What is with this lamb? Oh, sometimes I get a shoulder and I braise it in stout beer. Huh. If you've never tried it, try it. Never tried it. I'm like, this sounds so fascinating to me. I actually just made an Irish onion soup. With um, Guinness. Unbelievable. So you, I feel like you're so good at experimenting and just creating things. Is that like. I put, I, yeah, I find a recipe and then I Google another one just like because I'd never heard of this Irish onion soup. So I'm like, hmm. So I Google two recipes and I combine them. I like, love that. <laughs> I like, need to write a cookbook because this is what I do. I combine recipes. Oh, I like that, but I don't like that, but I'll substitute this. And it's just, you know, you just look and you you think, you smell. I love it. You got to write a cookbook. This sounds like <laughs> another thing to add to your list. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Too funny. Okay. If you could wear one outfit for the rest of your life from head to toe, what would it be and why? Jeans, t-shirt, and heels. I love that. <laughs> oh, what kind of heels are we talking? Like pumps? Red. Red stilettos. I love it. That's such a power color. That's so good to match your eyeglasses. You know? <laughs> yeah. They call the red. My cars are always red. Everything's red. My mouse is red. My staple is red. Everything's red. My nails are red. <laughs> love it. So fun. 
Okay. And two more questions. So where is your favorite place you've ever traveled a bucket and a bucket list place you want to go to? Um, I went cycling in Italy in 2016 in the Dolomites and the Alps. Um, that was unbelievable. And we actually just booked a trip to Tuscany, cycling trip to Tuscany in uh, May. So I'm in the midst of, I'm halfway through my hardcore training right now. Um, so I basically said to my husband, I'll see you in June because I'm working out every night doing cycling workouts. And um, we had this, this thing called uh, BFR, which is blood flow restriction. And you do intense exercise for 20 minutes with these rest- cuffs on and it restricts the blood flow. And then you take them off and it feeds a frenzy of blood back to you and you uh, develop muscle and not wow. soreness faster. Yes. So my friend, the health club, I also, te- I'm a, a group X instructor. I just, I was supposed to call it small group training. That's it. Um, so I train TRX, tr- spinning, rowing, Nordic walking, um, uh, functional strength, things like that. So we're in cycling at the health club two, three, four times a week now. Amazing. Judy, when do you have time? Like, you just, like, you don't have time. <laughs> well, you know, it's just my day. But I, you know, I was a teacher, so I'm disciplined in my time. I love that. Love you know, I get to the office at nine. I don't leave until five. And then I go to the club till seven. I get home and I've already on weekends prepped the meals for the week. So if Jay doesn't want to wait for me to eat to go home, then he can eat when he gets home and he feeds the dogs lunch and dinner. And I get home and Take care of the night shift. I love it. <laughs> Good night, Hawk. That's awesome. Okay, final question. If you could spend a day with somebody dead or alive, never met, who would you choose and why? Maybe JFK. Huh. And for what reason? Charismatic leader. I love that. We did a paper on that. Um, I attempted to go to graduate school for um, training and development. And they're like, you know, do what you do as a loan originator. You know, I don't know how much money you expect to make in this industry, Judy, but I don't think you're going to be happy. <laughs> they kind of talked me out of it. And and I respected that. Um, but I had to do a paper on um, charismatic leaders and I compared Hitler to JFK. Wow. How was that paper? <laughs> a. Amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, and it was it was all about how you s- structure that charisma. Seriously. Good and bad. That is so interesting. I feel like I would find that fascinating. You can make that into like a book, Judy. See? <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Funny. That's awesome. Well, this has been so much fun today. Thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you for inviting me. It's of great. Course. So please share again how everybody can follow you on socials, call you, email you, check out your website, all the things. Um, yeah, Judy.derubio at academymortgage.com. Same tag for Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Perfect. Thank you again, Judy. This has been awesome. Thank you Thank so much, you. everyone, for tuning in to Becoming Next On Scene. And stay tuned for his next On Scene. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene.